Good evening. Welcome to Literally Speaking, the first 518 Business Network podcast. Uh, today, uh, I have our first guest, Paul Fahey. Paul is a marketing consultant, endurance athlete, and pilot. And I think he's Superman, too. I don't know. <laughs> How are you today, Paul? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on this inaugural episode. I'm uh, delighted to help you kick things off and I uh, just want to say hi to everybody that's, uh, you know, in the audience um, joining us live here on Zoom and for everybody watching this on demand in the future. Thanks for thanks for being with us here for this episode. Okay. Thanks for attending. I appreciate it. Thanks for being our first guest. Uh, so uh, let's dive right into a few questions. Sure. Um, how did you end up in your cur- current position at Over It Media? Um, yeah, it's an interesting story. And I think you know, just a, a quick little bit about my background. I've mostly been on the ad agency agency side from, from most of my career. Um, you know, was an art student in high school, wanted to figure out how to make a, a living in the creative arts, went to SUNY New Paltz for my degree and basically been on that side. Although Tim and I met when I worked at Proctor's um, as the marketing leader, you know, for a pretty good sized department, a couple dozen of us actually. Um, ultimately, and I think this might go to just sort of general business advice, um, you know, it all comes down to relationships and, and networking, at least, you know, for, for what I do. Um, right. I happen to know Dan Dinsmore, the owner at Overit. Um, you know, we'd been friends for a while. We even competed on, on some things. Um, so when the opportunity, you know, came about, you know, it was, it was just a, a good fit. We already sort of knew each other um, and it was something we could explore. And I mentioned that because you know, so often people think you're going to get a job based on, oh, I'm going to put my resume out there and, and you know, you know, pursue something that I see on Indeed or, or Ideal Hires website or something. And those are all good platforms very much, but it helps if you've got those relationships in place. So, uh, and I suppose the other reason they hired me was because that's what I do for a living. You know, um, what I do is what they and their clients needed. So it was, uh, it was sort of a good fit. Right, right. That's great. Yeah, I remember uh, we had uh, such a great time working together at Proctor's. And, it was great. Uh, we were selling fun. I mean, yeah. how awesome is that? Um, you know, Book of Mormon and and Brian Ferry and and just great shows. Hamilton's there. You know, it was just awesome. Um, uh, I, I very much enjoyed that uh, that job. You know. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what Over Media does um, and where do you see it going forward. Yeah, so over at Media is basically a full-service ad agency, um, you know, a team of about 40-plus people uh, that are specialists in areas of just creative development, creative production, writers, designers, social media, PR teams, media buyers. Um, we have a focus group facility. We have an audio-video recording facility, a studio and I think that's not necessarily the trend for all agencies. There are certain clients that need or want all those skill sets under one roof. Um, right. And you know what, what's what's really interesting to answer your question, like what's next for all of us um, coming off the pandemic? I think it's been very interesting. Certainly, um, our audiovisual team really got a good workout over the last year. You know, we were helping people communicate virtually through webinars and, and these kind of things, a lot of audiovisual production. We launched our own podcast. Um, so, you know, certainly an emphasis in the digital space. 
Um, I see, at least from a marketing standpoint, I see people consuming news products like they've never before. What I mean by that is visiting the Times Union's website, watching Channel 13's news, um, you know, any of those kind of platforms, watching cable news, watching broadcast news, subscribing to either, you know, paper or, or digital news. So publicists and PR people are going to be busy. People are consuming. They want to know what's happening with the election, with the, with the pandemic, um, social unrest. You know, what's the economic recovery going to be like, you know? And, and so we've been glued to the TV and, and you know, to our, our iPads and phones over the last year. Um, and so I think an emphasis in those areas, a lot of public relations, a lot of advertising on those media types is, is certainly going to be a trend for us in the future. Gotcha. Understood. Yeah. I had no idea that you guys were into so much and uh, that's great. I think that's wonderful. Um, so uh, moving forward, what are some of your dreams growing up and how many, how many have you made come true? <laughs> um, right. Cause every kid wants to be a professional athlete or an astronaut. So um, <laughs> I was never athletic. So that was never a possibility. Um you know, I saw Star Wars in the theater. So, you know, in, in whatever it was, 77. Um, and, you know, how can that not inspire a kid to want to be, you know, an astronaut or, or you know, something? Um, you know, certainly I've, I've loved being a creative. You know, I'm a painter. I, um, you know, did some illustration. I went to school for fine arts, for the graphic arts. Um, so to be able to do what I love is is great. Um, and, and that's been really rewarding to have a career that I actually genuinely enjoy getting up on Monday morning. I'm not, you know, certainly there with my lunch pail at 4:59 on Friday going, well, see you Monday morning guys. Um, but in terms of even, even just personal dreams, I mean, I, I've got a great family, my wife, Kelly, uh, my daughter, Chloe, my son, Harris, um, you know, just really blessed with, uh, with that right. on a personal. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's great to have that work life balance also. Um, I'll tell you, I always had a dream of being a pilot, of flying. And Tim, you've sat in the co-pilot seat as we've flown around the capital region with me. Um, yeah, we had so much fun. It was great, you know, and it's just like, hey, where do you want to go? Let's let's go do this. But I was a late bloomer. I only got my license in 2016 at the age of like 49. And um, which tells you how old I am. Um, and I really wish I did it earlier because you don't it look was- good at all. Hey, thanks. Okay. Thanks. You know, using a night moisturizer, it just kind of tightens up my skin. Uh, uh, nice. uh, <laughs> um, but that, that had always been a dream, like of mine, just to be able to do that. And I didn't realize how accessible it was. You know, it always felt like there was something intimidating about it. And, and this could be for anybody, whatever your, your dream is. Sometimes it just feels like there's just never a chance you're going to step onto that ball field or, or be able to do some of those things. But it's surprising if you, if you just sort of focus on it you know, dedicate yourself to making it happen. Um, I'll tell you, just the first time I soloed, you know, four years ago as a, as a student, um, you know, literally was up there and just really emotional. Like I wasn't crying to the point where I couldn't see, but I was like, wow, I am flying a plane right now. And it was just, you know, and so in terms of one of those childhood dreams that became reality, yeah. And now, as you know, we just fly with friends. Um, we go off to the coast to get mystic pizza takeout from connecticut um we've flown off to the cape to get you know bring back a cooler full of lobsters um you know it's it's really just a lot of fun and and i'm i'm blessed with the opportunity to do it so that's great um your your flying has actually inspired me so it's still on my bucket list 
to get my pilot license someday. So, you know, you'll do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next question is how do you find balance between work life and your personal life? Yeah. So I'm an empty nester now. So that became the beat that's very easy to do now. Um, and it wasn't always the case. Um, you know, I've been fortunate that I've worked for companies and cultures that weren't, you know, uh, singularly focused on gluing an employee to a seat. Um, I think there were a lot of folks that recognized, look, you might have a job to do, but, um, you know, this is why we have laptops and, and maybe flexible schedules. And certainly now, I think after the pandemic, we're all appreciating that a lot more and seeing that it can be done. If people can be accountable and they can be responsible, then they should have that privilege of a little bit of flexibility. So I was always there for the school plays, um, you know, bottles and diapers. I was a very hands-on father. Um, but if work got busy, I always knew like I could shut it down at, at 4.30, at five o'clock, you know, spend time with my family, be there when the kids were awake. But, you know, when they were asleep at 8.30, you know, I could fire the laptop up and, and keep going if I needed to. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy to get pulled into projects, you know, to feel a sense of like, hey, they need me. And that feels really good. Um, and it can be consuming. And there were times when I did 100 hour weeks, um, you know, there was an agency out of Chatham that I work with some New York City refugees um, that were starting some really cool stuff. And we were, you know, in startup mode, and it was exciting. But it's not sustainable, you can do that when you've got some good project adrenaline, but to try to carry that on, you know, you're going to burn out, but the product's not going to be as good. Um, and you're just not going to be any good to anybody. It's got to be sustainable. Um, so setting those boundaries, finding a company that's got a culture that allows you those work-life balance, um, I think is really important. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, what's the best advice you would give to an entrepreneur? Best advice I would give. So something, a phrase that somebody told me once, and I think as an entrepreneur, this means you're the person leading, starting a company, starting a business. Um, the best I, advice I got was that for you as that business owner, it's more important for you to work on the business than in the business. So for whatever reason you start your business, you know, it's, it's because of a skill set you've got or an opportunity you're pursuing, a team you're going to build, whatever it is, staying true to that initial mission, what you're good at as a business owner you know, allows you to focus on that, refining that, whether it's growing it through more clients or, or refining your service, um, you know, making sure your clients are well taken care of, you know, work on the business, try to avoid getting pulled into the day-to-day the -day nonsense, you know, relying on your teams, let HR do their job, you know, recruiting and hiring and, and training people, um, let the accountants do what they do, but check up on them, um, you know, let, let your team do what they do best, coach them, train them, but don't get pulled into doing their job for them. Working on the business, um, not in the business, I, I would say is probably the single best piece of advice. Um, I had a uh, uh, client of mine years ago, uh, was, a was from a company down in the South. He was a very colorful Southern guy. And we were working on a project and he had said, Paul, the thing I need from our teams to be successful is for my teams to be, uh, what did he say? It was um, committed. I need them to be committed to this project. He said, it's one thing to be involved, but it's another thing to be committed. Do you understand the difference, Paul? And I was like, oh yeah, I think I know what you mean. He goes, let me make sure you understand. You ever have a plate of ham and eggs, Paul? And I was like, <laughs> sure, okay, yeah. He goes, 
the chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I get the difference. All right, yeah, I want people to be committed. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, you know, you, you, you need to throw yourself out of business. You need to be able to commit to it. You need to be really able to focus on it to really make it successful. Um, maybe not to that level, but I just enjoyed that story when it was told to me. Right, right. Yeah, that's a great story. Interesting story and uh, great advice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, great question. Fun question. Reese's Pieces or peanut butter M&Ms? <laughs> Reese's Pieces. Yeah, because again, I'm old enough to have seen E.T. in the movies. I think that was one of the first best product <laughs> placements ever. Um, you know, when they're fun, too, is on um, like just ice cream. Just sprinkle a handful of those on that. It's it's they're great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, I want to take uh, the time to give some uh, shout outs. Uh, first, um, um, f- follow and join uh, the 518 Business Network, facebook.com slash groups slash 518 Business Network. And follow me at timsnewyorkkitchen.com and follow 518 Brews, Facebook group, 518 Brews, facebook.com slash groups slash 518 Brews. Um, continuing on, who is your favorite comedian and what could you learn from them? Uh, favorite comedian, I would say, is Chevy Chase um, in the earlier years, maybe post Saturday Night Live, but when he was in Fletch, um, Spies Like Us, you know, those kind of movies I just thought were great. I think he had a real straight, almost deadpan delivery, you know, he was the likable idiot. um, And it was a lot of just sort of situational comedy without being clunky about it. Um, Sometimes it was even subtle. I just, I loved that about him. What can I learn from that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think he was great. I had a chance to meet Mel Brooks, speaking of proctors. um, That was exciting. Um, Right. um, I remember that day. I, I was in the building, but I did not meet him. But I was there. I saw yeah, him. Yeah, it was great. But I didn't meet him. Yeah, he was he was wonderful. Um, yeah, I've always been a Chevy Chase fan. Yeah. Yeah, Chevy Chase is funny. He's great. Um, what's one song that always motivates you? One song. Okay. So, as you mentioned in the intro, I, I've done a lot of endurance um, sports. I think it was my midlife crisis. Um, you know, started in my late 30s, 40-ish or whatever, started doing a lot of triathlons and ultra marathons. Um, I swam from Alcatraz Island. I biked 105 miles through Death Valley. Um, Really enjoyed a lot of that. And so during all that training, always had an iPad, iPod on um, and and building out playlists just to keep me going. Um, M&M's Lose Yourself was awesome. Uh, in fact, I have a friend of mine that had a running playlist that had that as every other song, <laughs> um, but it's just great. I mean, it's just one of those those uh, songs. It's just fabulous. Um, yeah, it is. I agree. Keep up the running tempo. I loved um, Talking Heads Road to Nowhere, which is just great. It was just a nice energy, a nice rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you're running 31 miles, you know, you're like, we're literally probably on some road to nowhere. I have no idea why we do these things. Um Pet Shop Boys, Opportunities, great song. You know, just one of those things that just kind of, you know, I think it was very much an 80s kind of materialistic mantra, um, uh-huh. but it just, it's kind of, it was always fun. I always liked that as, uh, as a kid. Um, yeah, those are some that come to mind, I think. Yeah, great songs, great songs. 
you know I'm a, a well-rounded music person, so I appreciate uh, the different uh, decades of music that you shared, even just one, which is great. Oh yeah, definitely. I I have yeah I have a very very eclectic music library. Um, you know everything from like Johnny Mathis to Van Morrison, big Talking Heads fan. You know seventies punk, eighties new wave. Um, you know a lot of that was just kind of what I grew up with. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's just, I've never, I have no idea what's going to pop up on Alexa whenever I'm asking Alexa to play something. Oh, wait, she might. I think I was quiet enough. She's not going to play it. <laughs> she knows we're listening. <laughs> <laughs> what um, should every business professional have on their desk? What do you think? Should they have on their desk? Um Geez, aside from the obvious computers, phones, whatever, um, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine the desktop that doesn't have a cup of coffee. Um, what else should they have on their desk? You know, I think um, having your camera up on some sort of riser, you know, whether it's a stack of books or sometimes they have those formal camera mounts or whatever. I mean, this whole pandemic, we've been into this for 16 months and I still can't believe that there are people that are literally like talking to you like this, like, hi, I'm here and what's going on? What are you guys doing? <laughs> so you have this like nostril cam and, and um, you know, I just think that's like really critical. In fact, one of my favorite Twitter accounts is um, Rate My Room. Um, okay. And they literally will look at these kind of interviews and, and talk about the composition of the room or whether it looks like a hostage video or, you know, if there's cords that are hanging out or whatever. But I think that's uh, that's got to be on everybody's desk. Um, you know, Macs, a lot of computers, iPads have great audio visual, but can't hurt to invest in a good camera, too, I think, these days. So, Right, right. Hmm. I'm trying to think what's on my desk. I mean, I'm in my home right now, but. I think that's all the stuff that's on my desk yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotcha um what's one of the best live performances you've seen oh best live performances um so my bride is a huge springsteen fan and she kind of introduced me to springsteen which is just awesome um you know seeing him live is is a treat um i saw green day at worcester um and i haven't had a chance to see, this was a few years ago my son got into him um and I haven't had a chance to see them since, but man, what a show. I mean, super high energy, you know, always brings a kid up on stage, gives them a guitar. It's just awesome. Um, so love Brian Ferry, Roxy Music. Um, really rare opportunity to see them at Proctor's a few years ago. Um, and that was just, you know, one of those things that you just never thought you'd have a chance to, if you miss them in the seventies when they were big, are we ever gonna have a chance to see them again? Um, Right. Saw Morrissey at the Palace, which was wonderful. Um, you know, uh, I never saw uh, him live before. When was he um, there? I missed that. It was like um, five or six years ago, maybe 2015, okay. 16, something like that. Huh. Um, I would like to see the scene that show. Yeah, it was great. It was um, it was pretty cool. Um, and and so that's like that's one side of me and I'm on the, I, I support and I've, I've served on the board for Albany Pro Musica over the years. Um, and it was something I never grew up like in the choral arts and the classical music. I always had an appreciation for it. Um, but really like find how enriching it is for your soul, just to hear the classic arts, to hear those choral voices all 
you know, in, in perfect unison, um, especially over the last year, it's just been really like nice to have, you know, uplifting music. Maybe that's another answer to your inspirational question. Um, we just had a recent concert um, from Despair Light and really just perfect choice of music, including some world premiere pieces that um, really just felt like, okay, there's, there is light at the end of this tunnel and it's, it's been nice. That's great. Um, have you ever done something unusual or uncanny to give you a good business result? Yes, I just don't know what. So, yeah. No, no, no. This is um, You're in the hot so seat. We had a <laughs> we had a project just before the pandemic. Um, a client of ours um, was lobbying elected officials really needed to get support for a piece of legislation and, and support for some funding. And, but they were really, really small, like a two, three person office. So they can't afford to hire big expensive lobbyists. And I'm not registered as a lobbyist um, formally, but um, we really wanted to get their attention, especially these committees that were gonna be voting on this piece of legislation. So we said, well, we can't afford big expensive billboards and commercials and, and you know, all this, you know, very expensive lobbyists. Um, but we were like, wait, what if we did like kind of a PR stunt? So one of my colleagues, Leanne and I cooked up this idea of sending Western Union telegrams to each of the elected officials that, were, that we were trying to reach um, down in the Capitol building. And we hired an actor, a 12 year old kid that was dressed up like a you know, circa 1920 Western Union telegram delivery boy. And he had his bag and his, you know, uh, you know, sort of costume. And he went door to door, like, I'm here to deliver a telegram. And the telegram was also sort of a metaphor for outdated thinking, out, outdated technology, you know, and we kind of wanted them to get on board with the, you know, contemporary thinking regarding this piece of legislation or whatever. And it was great. You know, the next day our client went in for a series of meetings that they were having on their lobbying day and it was just, yep, oh my gosh, you guys were the ones that sent the telegram yesterday. That was so cool. Like we thought we saw it all, but now we got telegrams being delivered here in 2020. Um, and, it, and it was good. It was a nice conversation starter. It got them warmed up. It was a jumping off point for, for conversation for them. So that was a nice alternative to just like, well, you need to raise awareness for this issue. Let's make a TV commercial or let's buy a billboard or whatever. So that was kind of fun. And it had a good outcome for the, for the client, obviously. Um, so that's one thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, where do you see yourself in uh, the next five years? Um, not retired. Haven't saved quite enough. We're still in an economic downturn. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, good question. I, you know, it, it, at the risk of sounding like I don't have a five or 10 year plan for myself, and I sort of do, um, you know, I find myself you know, I, I love what I do. I love the people I work with. Um, I love my clients. I could be doing this for another 10 years, 15 years. You know, I'm 53. So I got what another good, you know, 10, 12 good earning years ahead of me. Um, but I, you know, have a lot of deep roots in the capital region. Um, like I said, love what I do, love the people I work with, love my clients. I'll be doing some version of this in five years. Um, but, you know, life takes you in weird places, you know, who would have thought the last year? I mean, I've been through since in my career, probably good four or five economic downturns. I started in the early nineties. That was a, a recession. 
um, dot-com bubble burst. We had 9-11, uh, we had the mortgage crisis, um, and now this. So, you know, things just come at you that you may or may not be expecting um, that, that send you in different directions. Even, you know, the way I ended up with Proctor's um, was kind of remarkable. It, it wasn't the classic case of, you know, client takes agency person for staff, but I'd been consulting with Philip for a while and, um, you know, helping him out with stuff. And it just, there was an opportunity there that I saw and, and pursued it. So yeah, I'll be here. I'll still be as part of the 518 business network. I promise you for sure. I just, All right. I just, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very glad um, that you see a bright future ahead and that you'll stay in our network. Absolutely. <laughs> Long time listener, me? first time caller. <laughs> Do you have any uh, shout outs to give or anything before uh, we end our podcast? Yeah, well, I mean, look, shout out to you. I mean, not just for having me on the show, but, you know, talk about entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I, I know what you, um, you know, uh, have done in your IT capabilities and those kind of things, but it's been exciting to see you with this entrepreneurial spirit. Um, Thank you. Launching 518 Foodies, um, the, the craft beers, now this sort of business network. Um, you know, you've always been that kind of person, or at least I got to know that you were that type of person that that's just like, I see something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen and, and go. And, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, uh, 518 Foodies or, or Tim's oh, New York Earth. Kitchen or, or Tim's New York Kitchen. Sorry. Totally different people. Tim's New York Kitchen. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, uh, also tell me how many. Brews. Yeah. Yeah, if I want to Bruce, sorry. And then tell me on, on the kitchen, how many followers do you have now on Instagram? It's crazy. Like, uh, actually went down some because I haven't been proactive on it for a while, but now it's gone first full circle because I took time to start 518 Brews and all the other mm -hmm. groups. And now that I'm an entrepreneur, have my own business, I had the free time to travel and to work from anywhere. Yeah. The ultimate goal in the be to begin with, with Tim's Junior Kitchen. Yeah. So, I'm slowly yeah, like capturing my dream. Tens of thousands of followers. You know, it's it's exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, shout out to the healthcare workers for the last year. Um, oh, yeah. Many of my clients and and friends are are on those front lines. They're nurses. They're caregivers. Um, you know, it's it's been a difficult year for everybody, but we're through it. You know, I, I'm I'm so grateful for all those people you know, doing what they did, um, you know, to, to make that stuff happen. Um, so, yeah. Great. Great. Well, thank you for being the very first guest on literally speaking. Great. Yeah. I, I hope I can set the bar. Uh, I have a, a sense we were chatting about who some of your, your follow on guests will be. So I think this will be a good like edutainment series for folks as they're tuning in. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. No problem. No problem. And uh, lastly, uh, please uh, go to my website, uh, paladinmediallc.com. You'll find more information about my business, uh, my social media management business, and how we can help you. So uh, thanks again, Paul. And uh, it's been great. It's my pleasure. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your night. You too. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye.